Welcome to Slowpreneur, a podcast about building a business without the busy. I'm your host, Stephanie Pellet, and I'm a coach for thoughtful, values-based entrepreneurs just like you. On this show, we talk about creating a business with intention, heart, and sustainability in mind. Join me as I connect with my friends and clients and share my own reflections on why slow and steady entrepreneurship will always win the race. This week on the show, I'm sharing the strategies that I've been using to keep my business running smoothly, even when my life is feeling a bit chaotic. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Slowpreneur. Thanks for being here. I am coming at you live from our pantry turned equipment room (laughs) turned podcast studio in the new house. We have moved. We are here. Here we are. And we are still surrounded by a lot of boxes. I am currently surrounded by a lot of camera equipment. And I'm sitting on a stool with a pop filter in front of my face talking to you about how to manage your business when your life feels like chaos. (laughs) Because guess what? I know firsthand how that feels based on the last few weeks. And we're also leaving for a trip in a couple days as I record this. So yeah, I'm checking all the boxes of life, chaos, dog, partner, move, everything. And I wanted to share some of the things that I've been doing to try to manage my own (laughs) expectations of myself, how to manage my business, how to manage my client-facing communications while feeling like I have about a million things on my life to-do list that also need to get done. So this is probably going to be on the shorter side. I'm hoping to get through all of these items so that I can share as much as possible of what's been helping me if you're going through a similar season right now. And the first thing that I want to start with is this concept that I heard a few years ago about juggling all these balls that you have going on in your life, but differentiating between which balls are plastic and which balls are glass. So I read this in a tweet. I'll include the original tweet in the show notes, but it was a concept from the novelist Nora Roberts who talked about how you have to understand that not every ball in your life that you're trying to keep in the air is created equal. Some of those balls are glass. If you drop them, they will shatter into a million pieces. And some of them are plastic. If you drop them, they will simply bounce and keep on going, you know, keep rolling across the floor. No harm done. And she essentially said that the most important thing in life that she's found while managing her successful writing career and her family is understanding intuitively the difference between the two kinds of balls that she is constantly trying to juggle. And I think that this concept, when I heard it, was such a game changer because I do think that we have a tendency to kind of paint all of our tasks with the same brush, especially if they're on a to-do list, right? A simple to-do list on a piece of paper does not offer us any kind of differentiation between the tasks. Once they're written down on a piece of paper in order in a list, they look like they're all equally important. And so one of the things that I try to do in my notion where I keep my tasks or before when I was using Asana is to try to do a little bit more categorization of the tasks to understand what priority level are these tasks or how much energy will these tasks take me to complete? Because if I'm just treating every single task the same and I'm just going down the list in order, I might not be managing my energy as efficiently as I otherwise could be. 
So I start with this concept because I think it's something that has helped me so much in this move, in this whole process over the last few months of preparing for this move and dealing with everything I was dealing with over the summer. If you missed some of those details, you can go back and listen to my episode about business burnout because it has a lot of <laughs> uh, extra details about my, my journey lately. But I do think that this concept I have intuitively been applying to my life, even as we speak. You know, I'm somebody who really likes to get unpacked, even when I go on vacation. I really like to kind of have all my stuff in its spot. But I have understood this week, as I record this, that unpacking every box that we have or organizing every element of the laundry room is not my top priority. And so if I was treating every single task on my to-do list as though it were exactly the same, I would probably be experiencing a lot more anxiety about my business, about my life. And don't get me wrong, there's still anxiety there, but it's also a good understanding that some of the anxiety I'm feeling is about what is essentially a plastic ball. It is not going to make a huge difference one way or the other. And so I can take my time. I can go with the flow. So the rest of these sort of tips and strategies on this list have a lot to do with this general concept of understanding the difference between glass balls and plastic balls. And I think as you're listening to this, you probably are already you know, just having that differentiation in your mind is already showing you what pieces of your responsibilities and your tasks would fall into each of the two categories. So already, hopefully the concept is feeling supportive, but let's go into some of the ways that I have been applying this concept in my own life and business. Okay, so now that we understand that there is a difference between glass balls and plastic balls, the very first thing we need to do if we're experiencing a hectic season of life or business is we need to immediately drop all of the plastic balls, as many of them as we can. So my first tip on this list is to cancel or end or pause absolutely as much as you can. In the Profoundary, we actually have a weekly prompt every Monday where I ask people what's on their to-do list, but it has a twist. A, I use emoji metaphors, also known as analogies, <laughs> uh, to ask this question, and they're very fun and whimsical, and I am completely surprised I have not run out of metaphors yet, uh, but I ask people what is on your priority list, but also what is not on your priority list? What are you specifically deciding upfront right now that you will not do? And sometimes people write like everything that's not my top priority that I wrote in the first part of this list, and that's great. But I also think it's really, really helpful to specifically say what you won't work on. And this is actually way harder than it seems. When I write these prompts out for myself and I'm completing my own list, I find it really challenging <laughs> to decide in advance what I won't work on. But the reason I think that this is so valuable is because it's very easy for us to, again, paint all of our tasks with the same brush and so feel guilty when we don't get to certain tasks that we feel that we should be doing. A really great example of this would be cleaning the house. If I decide on Monday morning, look, this is an incredibly busy week. I need to drop some plastic balls this week. Cleaning my kitchen even though it maybe kind of needs it, is not on my to-do list this week, that will preemptively prevent me from feeling guilt for not cleaning my kitchen, or at least that's the idea. Sometimes it doesn't always work. But the idea is saying, this is a plastic ball. This is not the most important thing that needs to happen. And so I'm putting it specifically on the list of things that I will not be doing. And this 
again, <laughs> ideally frees us from the guilt of then not getting around to that task. If we sort of just have it in the back of our mind, it's not on the top of our to-do list. It's not one of our, you know, most important tasks for the week, but it's sort of just like rolling around in our brains, right? This plastic ball, just like hanging out in our brains. And we're feeling like we should have time for it. We should make time for it. It's an important thing to do. But I think it's important to recognize that not all weeks are good for all things. And we need to be able to tell when a certain week is not going to work for something that we want to get done. So canceling as much as you can, deciding in advance what you will cancel can be huge. We don't always have the chance to do it proactively. Uh, I do think that if you can foresee that you're going to have a busy month and you can limit, let's say, the amount of client call days that you have to be booked so that you're consolidating into just a couple weeks of the month rather than having a client call sort of sporadically one Tuesday and then a couple on Thursday and then one on Friday. If you can sort of clump them together, maybe that frees up a little bit more time for you to go run errands or go deal with something that needs to happen logistically for whatever is happening chaotically in your life at the moment. For me, it would be moving logistics. So if I can sort of consolidate all my meetings on a few days, then maybe that makes it easier for me to go get other things done because I'm not chained to my desk the entire time uh, throughout the week. Another thing that you might be able to do or decide to cancel would be extracurricular activities. And you have so many of them in your life, I'm sure. You know, your hobbies, clubs you're a part of, uh, friend groups that you're hanging out with. And so sometimes if I feel this sense of panic rising <laughs> about the week to come, I just look at my calendar and I see what among this is a plastic ball? What among this is an extra? What among this is something that I love to do, but if I really need to, I can take a pause on it for this week or this month. A great example of this for me is my book clubs. I am part of, let me count, at least three book clubs. One of them is for the Profoundary, so that one is a glass ball. Uh, but my other book clubs are definitely plastic balls. They are wonderful plastic balls. Some of my favorite plastic balls that I have in my life that I'm juggling. But I can't always make time for them, or I can't always make time to read the book to attend the meeting. So this past month was a perfect example. I didn't get the book in time. And so one of my book clubs, I just had to say, sorry, y'all can't make it. I wish I could enjoy the conversation without me. Do I wish that I had been able to read the book and attend the meeting? Yes, I really do. Because those are things that bring joy to my life. And I think long-term, I would not want to continue to drop that plastic ball on the ground because it would start to snowball into feeling like I'm not having enough joy or connection in my life, and that could become a problem. But for the short term or for the foreseeable future, I can really be okay with not going to it every single time or every single week. This episode of Slowpreneur is sponsored by The Profoundary, a coaching and community program for thoughtful entrepreneurs run by yours truly. If you've been looking for a supportive group of business besties who share your values and really get it, this could be the perfect membership for you because these people are truly amazing. Every month in the program, we have a bunch of different calls. For example, productivity parties to get our work done together, workshops on things like project planning, balance and boundaries, or goal setting. And we often do creative think tanks that offer custom group coaching for members for whatever they might be struggling with. 
We also have a really supportive Slack community with weekly check-ins. We have a resource library full of recordings and interesting workshops and a business book club so that you can learn about business from interesting and diverse authors. If this sounds like your cup of tea, I'd love for you to come check it out. You can learn more and get your first productivity party pass for free by going to stephaniepellet.com slash profoundary. I would love to see you there. Okay, so after we have dropped as many plastic balls as we can, the next thing we have to do is we have to find a different way to juggle. So let's say you have gotten rid of all the plastic balls, but you still feel very overwhelmed by all the glass balls that you're keeping in the air. These could be family commitments, these could be business commitments, things that you are committed to and you know you need to get done because they're really, really important to you or your business. Now we have to see whether there's a better way to juggle the balls. And for me, this sort of translates to finding alternative strategies to do the things that you need to get done. So a great example of this was last week, I wanted to read the book for our business book club in the Profoundry, and I needed to make time to read it. You know, we were having a meeting and I wanted to have all the content fresh in my mind, but I also had to do a lot of other things. I was recocking the shower for my sister who was moving into my apartment. I had to pack, I had to do all kinds of things. And so I was feeling very stuck on this. How do I make time to really process and integrate this information and get done all the things we need to get done? And I realized, well, let me buy the audiobook version. That way I can be <laughs> chipping out all the old caulking from the shower while listening to Emily and Amelia talk about burnout. That actually was extremely effective. I also could listen to it while packing boxes or walking the dog or anything else that I absolutely needed to get done, which was not optional, but I could combine those strategies. Another thing in this category would be trying to find a different way to do your marketing. So if you typically show up on your Instagram stories with your face and you're talking to your to your audience or you're doing reels and you like to film videos, but currently your house is a complete disaster or you haven't finished unpacking from your latest trip or you're just feeling really, really overwhelmed, maybe you just find a different way to juggle that ball. It's still important for you to show up and so you feel like, okay, I need to make time for this, how can I do it instead? So for me, I might do just pictures, pictures around my house or pictures of myself or just use pictures that I am using on my blog post or using to interview Sonia for the podcast. And I will use that photo on my Instagram stories and just write some text because that does not require my house to look clean or for me to look clean. <laughs> uh, I can just post the picture, write a few uh, captions and we're good to go. Um, and so finding a different way to do that marketing filming a reel that's just you writing something on a piece of paper or just requires a very small, narrow piece of your table to be clean rather than your whole house, that could be a way to continue doing the thing you want to do, but in a strategy that works for the season that you're in. If you're on a project that requires a lot of collaboration, maybe part of it could be asking for alternative forms of meetings. So instead of you needing to be sat at your desk for a Zoom call, 
Could you ask someone if they would be willing to do a walking meeting with you, right? So if you're doing a discovery call or you just need to check in each week about an event and you don't need to be in front of your computer because it's just an exchange of information or you're just meeting with someone to get to know them, maybe there's a way to combine that with, in my case, it would be walking the dog, right? I need to take Bruno for a walk every day, multiple times a day. And so if I could change some of my meetings into walking meetings or into meetings where I could be quietly all so wiping down my countertops or, you know, unpacking a box, that might be really beneficial for me to be able to multitask in that way. And as we know, there are not that many things in life or business that we actually can multitask, right? Uh, it tends to be that you have to be doing something relatively mindless and physical while you're doing uh, something effortful and mindful. So again, the example of listening to an audiobook while doing a really sort of benign physical task like chipping out old caulking, uh, that can happen because my brain is still able to be engaged with the content. Same with a walking meeting. You can still be listening while walking because walking is a pretty autonomous activity. And so you kind of have to be careful, right? You can't multitask on every single thing that you're doing, but some things that you're doing, maybe they would be beneficial uh, to combine with another activity and it might help you get a little bit more done. The last version of this alternative strategy, in my opinion, is batch working and pre-scheduling. So if you have a bunch of glass balls that need to happen, you have to tell people about this launch you're doing, you have to you know, show up for uh, your clients in a specific way that you already agreed to, how can you make that easier by batch working it and pre-scheduling it? So for me, for example, uh, this shows up sometimes in me batch scheduling uh, all of my Slack prompts for the Profoundry. Sometimes if I want to get ahead and I know next Monday I'm going to be completely exhausted from the move, I'm not going to be willing to show up on Slack at 8.30 in the morning to write out this amazing prompt for everyone to check in with. Maybe I can write it a few days in advance and schedule it so it still shows up for people. It's still there for people, but I did it ahead of time. I also do this for my newsletters. I do this for my launch emails. I recently did the Profoundry birthday party last month and it was so wonderful, so much fun. And I wanted to follow up with people and give them reminders about the special bonuses that they got access to or the special discounts that they got if they wanted to join the program. And I knew, I knew that the week that I was hoping to close everything down in terms of when those bonuses would expire, I knew that week was gonna be really stressful for me. And so I used my time more wisely earlier in the month before everything had hit the fan and scheduled those emails in advance. And I know sometimes people feel like, oh, it's not authentic. It's not happening in the moment. Maybe it won't land as well with people, but I don't think that that's true. I think that if you're able to tune in with yourself and connect with what you're saying and write that down and communicate it, there is absolutely no reason it wouldn't land just as much as it would if you were writing it in the moment. The same would go for posting to Instagram or, you know, pre-scheduling a bunch of things to go out on Pinterest, like pre-scheduling your blog posts, pre-scheduling your YouTube videos, anything that you do on a consistent basis, you can do ahead of time. And if you're batching it, it can go even faster. I am still experimenting with batch working. I haven't incorporated it fully, fully into my workflows, uh, but I do really enjoy it for things like pre-scheduling prompts in the Profoundary Slack or pre-scheduling emails, things like that, because once I'm in a certain mindset to get something done, it becomes really easy to 
churn out the things that I need to do, schedule them in advance, and we're good to go. And that saves me a lot of time in other times that I might not have as much time to give, right? This week that I'm recording this, I don't have as much time to be writing marketing emails and doing all these extra things. So I'm very, very grateful to my past self for finding an alternative way, a different strategy to juggle those balls so that they're not getting dropped, but they're just being done differently. So if we have dropped as many plastic balls as we can, and we have found some alternative strategies for juggling the remaining balls that we have, and we still feel too overwhelmed, the only thing we have left that we can do is we can find help with juggling our balls. <laughs> um, so this sounds very easy, you know, find help, uh, get help, but it's important to put it in the context of what you're getting help with. In this case, we know we're getting help with our glass balls. We're getting help with the things that we cannot let break and drop on the floor. We're not getting help with the things that are optional because we already dropped those a while ago. But the things that are left, how can we manage those things if we still don't have enough time or energy to do them? So... I'm going to use Bruno as an example. He's often a great example. He's a glass ball. I can't drop him. He has daily needs. He needs exercise, food, love, play, all of those things. And if there's a certain day that I feel like I cannot give him all of those things, or he is going to be, you know, anxious, uh, for example, on the move day, how can I get support? with handling him. So I could send him to daycare. I could ask friends of mine if they would be willing to take him. When we did move, Sonia actually came and just sort of hung out with Bruno uh, and drove him back to Waterloo. So he would be sort of out of the way of all of the crazy moving. Um, he's something that I can outsource if I need to sometimes, right? To my partner, to my friends, to my family. It's a glass ball, but I can get help doing it. Another example of getting help might just be getting support, right? So that could be talking to your therapist and feeling more in control of the glass balls that you have to manage. If you have a bunch of things on your to-do list and you're having trouble concentrating, maybe you just need some accountability and some community. That's why we do productivity parties in the Profoundary so that we have space and time dedicated to showing up for each other so that we can all get done what we need to get done. We're not literally helping you with the glass ball that you might have on your plate, you know, setting up your course or responding to a client. I'm not in there in your email inbox writing that email for you, but I am creating the space and the accountability for you to get that done for yourself. So that's another way to kind of get help and support with something you might be working on. But there are so many examples in this category, right? So if you decide that actually it is essential that my house is clean because we have a company coming this weekend and I don't want their room to be a pigsty, well, could you get somebody to come in and clean up? Uh, that could be a barter that you do with someone that you know. It could be hiring a cleaning agency, even just for one session. What could you do to kind of have help with that particular glass ball? Another example that I've shared before would be something like your grocery shopping. Obviously, groceries and eating are glass balls. You can't not do them, but you can get assistance with them if you feel like in this particular week, I cannot manage to go to the grocery store. I feel too overwhelmed. Okay, so can you use something like Instacart and have somebody else who has that time and is getting paid fairly for their work uh, bring you the groceries that you need? 
And this doesn't have to be like an all or nothing thing. I think sometimes we feel like, well, I don't use Instacart normally, or I never have a cleaning person come to my house. Okay, that's totally fine. You don't have to become a different version of who you are. But maybe in a particular week or a particular month, you can look ahead at the calendar and just be pragmatic about what you might need, the kind of assistance you might need. So it really helps to start by identifying what those glass balls are and then think, is there any way I could get support with this? Is there any person or service or object, you know, purchase that would help make this task easier for me? And be open-minded. There are usually a lot of solutions. If you aren't coming up with any, maybe you could ask a friend. Typically, other people tend to have better ideas for us than we can have for ourselves because they can see the situation more clearly and they don't have our baggage. And so it can help to kind of get help in that way. This is not an ad, it's a pause. I've decided to build an intentional break into every episode of Slowpreneur because I know I'm throwing a lot of ideas and hopefully inspiration your way. And I wanted to give you a moment to integrate it, to not have to pay attention, to not have to absorb anymore, to just marinate on what we've talked about so far and take a breath before we continue. Let's get back to the show. Now, if we have dropped all our plastic balls and found interesting alternative ways to juggle the remaining ones and gotten some help from a co-juggler in our lives, what do we do if it still feels like too much? Well, the remaining strategy we have without breaking the balls that we're dealing with is to just simply catch them out of the air, right? There's an alternative to letting those balls smash to the floor and it's just catching them in our hands and gently putting them down on a table for a minute while we take a break because we can't just keep juggling and juggling and juggling nonstop without having a moment to pause and relax and rest and enjoy. It just gets to be too much sometimes. So this past month was obviously extremely busy for me and yet I had already had certain things planned into my calendar before we knew we were going to move that when I remembered that I had scheduled something like a three-day retreat with a couple of my friends or a concert with my sisters, I sort of had a moment of panic. I sort of thought, how am I going to make time for that amongst all of the packing and logistics and things that we have to do at the new house and the old apartment? What are, how are we going to manage that? And yet I actually think it was the best thing ever because for a brief respite on every occasion that I had something planned, I had to put down the balls. I had to gently rest them on the table so that I could rest myself and feel more equipped to juggle them going forward. And I honestly think that is the reason I'm feeling as good as I am. I'm not feeling amazing, 100%, 10 out of 10, but I am feeling like, okay, you know, the wheels are still on this this car. We have managed to get here. We have managed to move. I'm not feeling super sick. I'm not feeling super, super exhausted, although I am tired. And I think the biggest reason for that is because I was able to take those breaks and those moments where I was not responsible for managing every single ball that I had in the air. I could just take a beat, just press pause, literally press pause on the juggling and come back to it later. So like I said, I went on that retreat. It was so rejuvenating. It was so nice to be in a place that was 
beautiful and peaceful and didn't have any of my typical responsibilities. It didn't have boxes everywhere. It didn't have, um, you know, stress. I didn't have to clean it. It was just there for me. And my friends were there for me and I could just take a little break, a vacation from, from the chaos. Similarly, going to the concert, that was a couple days before we moved. And I think had we not had that scheduled, I would have spent the whole night stressing and worrying and trying to put finishing last touches on everything. But everything still got done. And I was still able to take that night off and go have some fun with my sisters. And I really, really enjoyed the concert and especially enjoyed the brain break from all of the responsibilities I had on my plate. Another way that I've tried to build in breaks this season has been to give myself buffer time wherever I can. So, for example, when we moved uh, this week, I have purposely scheduled it to be pretty light on calls so that as I was settling into the new office space, as I was still setting everything up, I didn't have to also get on camera and be talking to people, uh, you know, every day. I had some breaks. I had some downtime where I could just buffer, right? If I needed to sleep a little longer because I was really tired, I could do that because I didn't have calls scheduled first thing in the morning. And I realize we don't always have full control over our schedules, but to the extent that you can, try to give yourself an extra day where you have a lighter workload or you have a lighter uh, external facing kind of day and you can make space in your schedule to have that buffer where your time can be used for whatever you need to, to be used for. I think that can be really useful. And lastly, I think it's important to give yourself a sanctuary. If you can't go away and, you know, take a retreat, uh, that's okay. Maybe you can just have one space in your house that feels like a sanctuary. So in my case, obviously this is quite literal because I was moving. And so everywhere I looked at the old place was just covered in boxes and chaos. And it was very stressful to spend time there. And at the new house, the same is true. There are boxes everywhere and there will be for quite some time because we're going on a trip <laughs> that was pre-scheduled before this. And, you know, it will be stressful. But we have set up the office and the office doesn't have anything that feels extraneous because we haven't unloaded a bunch of boxes into there. We've just set it up pretty bare bones, but it is a space which feels relatively <laughs> peaceful, <laughs> relatively okay, you know? And so if I get overwhelmed or if I feel like, oh my gosh, I can't live one more day with our clothes all over the floor because we haven't hung them up yet. We haven't had a chance. I can just go to the office and the office feels relatively normal. So that's another way of getting a break for my brain is to just feel, I have one place that no matter what else is going on, no matter what other chaos is going on, I have this place. And maybe for you, there is no place at home right now. Maybe the place is a really cute coffee shop near your house, which you can just go to for a couple hours while you're working. And you can just be away from the mess and the chaos and, and everything that's going on. And that would be okay too. Uh, but finding a little sanctuary, whether that's a physical place, whether that's a yoga class, whether that's, you know, a, a coffee with a friend, Something that feels removed from time and removed from all your other responsibilities can be something that is so incredibly nourishing during what is otherwise a very chaotic time. And the last thing I just want to say is to try to remember to have as much compassion for yourself as you possibly can. 
even though we can understand this metaphor intuitively that there are some things that are really important and other things that are less important, it is still a situation that's very ripe for guilt, especially if you're somebody like me who tends to have more perfectionistic tendencies or just wants everything to be nice and for people to be taken care of and for my business to run smoothly. You know, you want all of those things to happen and it can be really difficult when you feel like you can't fully show up the way that you want to. And so I think it's really important that we practice as much self-compassion as we possibly can to understand that it's impossible to get everything done in every season. As I said before, not all weeks are for all things and not all seasons are for all things. And so the more that you can recognize how much you actually have going on and how much of a toll it might be taking on you and trying to have compassion for how that might manifest and how that might mean that you're not able to do the things that you typically like to do or that you typically are able to show up to do pretty easily. Uh, It's important to be realistic about everything that we have on our plates and try to be as kind to ourselves uh, as possible in the process of trying to get those things done. So not feeling guilty if you have to drop some plastic balls, not feeling guilty if you have to drop some glass balls. You know, for me, I think my health has been one that over the past month, I know I haven't been juggling as well as I could. You know, I'm not eating as well as I should be. I'm not exercising very much and my back hurts and there's a lot going on that I feel I'm not fully taking care of my physical body. And so that's a class ball, right? That's something that I can't afford to drop over and over and over again forever. And I think I could very easily go into a shame spiral about that and get overwhelmed. And yet I think it's important to just recognize and have compassion for the fact that there were other glass balls that needed to happen this month that could not be dropped. I had to move, right? (laughs) You know, like we had a truck coming and that needed to be packed. And so if you have to make trade-offs and you don't love the trade-offs that you make, it's okay. You get to try again next month, next week, next hour, tomorrow, you know, you always get to try again and try juggling in a different way. And throughout the process, trying to be as kind to yourself as possible. So that's it. Those are my ideas and my tips for how to juggle when life and business feel stressful. I have definitely not cracked the code on this. I definitely am still uh, challenged by this concept and still trying to figure out a way to manage everything I have going on in my life, especially in stressful seasons. So if you have thoughts, if you have tips, if you have things that help you when your life feels chaotic or things are overwhelming, I would love to hear them. Please let me know. I always like to hear from you and I always like to learn as much as I can in this area. Um, It's an endless lifelong journey, I think. So anything you have to share, I would absolutely love to hear it. And if you're going through a tough time, I'm sending this message to you as much as I'm sending it to myself. We will get through this and there will be easier seasons. There will be calmer seasons. There will be more peaceful seasons. There will be seasons where we feel more in control of what we have going on in our lives. And if this season is not that for you, it's okay. We're going to get there. (laughs) Again, that message is as much for you as it is for me. So I want to thank you so much much for listening, for being here throughout this process. It feels so good to know that there are folks out there who are going through the same thing and who I can connect with and understand that I'm not alone. So I really appreciate you being here. I'm looking forward to talking to you again in a couple weeks and I hope you have a great day. Thanks so much for listening to Slowpreneur. 
If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend or reach out and let me know at hello at stephaniepellet.com. I would love to hear from you. As always, you can find show notes for this and all episodes at stephaniepellet.com slash slowpreneur. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you soon.